0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the third ever episode of the No Limits Podcast, brought to you by the State Hornet Podcast Network, the show where we talk about pro sports and everything in the sports world. I am your co-host, Mac Irvin III, and joining me once again is my good friend and co-host, Gary Singh. Gary, how are you today?
1: What's up? What's happening? What's good with Mac? <laughs>
0: yeah, you said you were going to do that. I'm still a little surprised <laughs> that you did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no time to waste here, ladies and gentlemen. We got a full slate of stuff to talk about. Uh, Big coaching shakeup in the NBA. We got the finals matchup all set, though we predicted it here already before it happened. And then we'll get into the contenders and pretenders from week three of the NFL season. But first, we got to go back to L.A., and we got to go back to the Clippers because the river has dried up, Stock River specifically. The Clippers and Doc Rivers mutually agreed to part ways following their loss in the Western Conference semifinals. Uh, was this a change that you saw coming, Gary? I know I mentioned that Doc had to take some of the blame, but it's still a little bit of a surprise for me to see him leave.
1: Yeah, like we talked about before, I think, uh, I didn't think Doc was, I thought they were going to give him one more year, Mac. I really thought they were going to give him one more year. I thought Steve Bomber was going to rock with him one more year, and I guess they didn't, and I'm really assuming at this point that the players didn't vouch for him, or even Steve Ballmer just had enough is enough because you know he's a one of the big dogs, really trying to win and take over LA like he's been saying, and you know it's hard to fight against Doc's resume at the moment during a Clipper, even though he did he has taken that franchise to the next level. But I just felt like they could have given him one more year to give it, run it back one more time because we all know I feel like it really wasn't his fault at a certain points, like load management's not really his fault. I mean like he's let he's let it happen because his players are asking for it, so. In my mind, I think they could have to give him a chance. But, hey, he's going to get taken off the market real quick.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. Um, it was definitely a surprise because I thought if they were going to change uh, head coaches, it would have been before the acquisition of multiple superstars. Uh, because, you know, I thought after the Lob City experiment with Blake Griffin and Chris Paul and DeAndre Jordan, after that failed, I thought, all right, and, you know, they performed better than expected and you know still didn't make the playoffs but you know still performed better than expected and uh i thought at that point they might consider changing and moving on from doc rivers but when they kept him i just assumed that no matter almost no matter what happened this season that they would have given him at least one more year to try to get it together i don't think anybody should be gone the first year into an experiment but like you said if it's uh if it's a case of losing the locker room and mismatch uh, with players, mismatch with ownership. There's really no coming back from that. And I guess my biggest question now is, you know, you chose to make this move after the Western Conference Finals. So who is out there that's going to improve your team? Like this is a marquee job right here, the Los Angeles Clippers. That's one of the questions I always have. I know
1: these of sports teams, especially in the NBA, the first thing they do when things go wrong is fire the coach. And I just feel like first – Who's gonna replace him? Before you ask to fire him, who is gonna be the replacement? And I don't know if the Clippers really thought that through, but I do give, I do see Steve Bomber's point that I haven't really seen no one point out yet, where he took over the team from Dolan Sterling, who uh, was also under Doc Rivers as well during the ownership, and he hasn't really got the chance to pick his guy yet. And we all know Jerry West is up there too, and he really hasn't got a chance to pick his guy yet. So I think that was just like it was just time, it was just a bowling point where. I think Steve Bomber just wanted to pick his own guy at this moment. And, yeah, going to the next question, like you said, who's on the docket next? I think, I mean, maybe the guy on his bench already, Ty Lue. I mean, I don't know why would you fire Doc Rivers in if you're gonna just going to pick up Ty Lue off the bench. I mean, it could be a different dynamic for sure, but, you know, it's still going to be kind of similar voices in that locker room. And yeah, I don't really know who's on the docket next. Really, I mean, I still I'm still praying for Mark Jackson to get a job. I know he probably loves his color commentary job he has for the finals in ESPN. Probably he's sitting there lovely on that chair. But man, I think he deserves a chance. I mean, there's some people probably going to
0: come up in the market. I mean, I heard Jeff Van Gundy might have a chance. It's it's interesting because I I'm not I don't really know what the reason the thinking is. If you're do you really think Ty Lue? or of the other assistant I've heard is Sam Cassell. Do you really think they're going to be that big of an improvement on Doc Rivers? I mean, they were already on the coaching staff this year, so you think they might have had a little bit more impact. But again, we don't know what goes on in the locker room. You know, we're just speculating and trying to put the pieces together. Ty Lue still had an interview with the Philadelphia 76ers. Maybe their thinking is they want to lock him up before he leaves to try to get another job. Now, we've seen, the, we've seen this in the NFL before. With uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they fired Lovie Smith because they were so sure that Dirk Cutter was going to be a way better head coach and they wanted to lock him up. That's the most reasonable option to me because Lou has, you know, championship experience. He has experience dealing with big players. You know, he coached LeBron James in Cleveland. He knows how to manage them. He knows how to put together a playoff team, at least in theory, right? You know, I know a lot of the lead GM accusations that surround LeBron James led teams. But when you talk about pedigree for a job like the Los Angeles Clippers, it's, it's got to be Ty Lue, unless something comes out of left field like Greg Popovich uh, stepping down from the Spurs and coming to take over, or maybe they're looking at Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy. I, I don't really know what's going to happen. And it's really going to shake up the coaching market that's already out there. Cause you know, I mentioned that Ty Lue had an interview with the 76ers. So if, mm-hmm. if he gets snatched away does that mean the Sixers are going to look towards D'Antoni? Does that mean they're they're going to blow it up? And you know, yeah, where's Doc Rivers going to go? That's every it's yeah. um it just became a much wilder NBA offseason.
1: Yeah, in terms of the Sixers, I was thinking really they should get they should get Doc Rivers. I mean, that's what that'd be a good fit for them too. So I think Doc Rivers' options are about open. Like you said, we don't know how the Clippers are going to react to the situation, but. I'm assuming they have a plan and put it in place because you don't fire one of the top coaches in the league for no reason.
0: Well, that's what we always say, but it happens more often than not. So, you know, hopefully Steve Ballmer and them have a plan underneath them, and uh, we'll see how this all shakes out. All right, moving away from the Clippers, we have our finals matchup decided. It's going to be the Los Angeles Lakers, the Western Conference champion, against the Eastern Conference champions, Miami Heat. And this was a matchup that I don't think a lot of people expected. I mean, obviously, a lot of people had the Lakers, you know, going to the finals, as I did. Well, actually, no, I had the Clippers, but uh, mm-hmm. we'll talk about that another day. Uh, but I don't think a lot of people expected the Heat. You know, where has this run come from? from-
1: I really think the Heat – I haven't been a believer all year. I'm not going to lie to you, Mac. I have not been – I think I started the first pot. I was like, I don't think they're going to beat the Celtics. But, hey, they proved me wrong big time, and especially key moments. You could just tell, experienced by the Heat, in certain situations from Dragic to Butler, really showed itself. From Iguodala, those three players really led the lead, really led their team, and really led their team to wins at the end, especially in certain parts, especially defensively. Like that Game Six, Celtics turned it on at a lot of great points, and it did very good. So, but that defense that the Heat played, being able to have five options on the floor to all score and be a threat and it really just made the celtics look like they weren't ready offensively this heat team looks ready to go i mean they're not favored in this series they're not favored in that game one they're plus five so they're gonna they're down by five to the los angeles lakers gonna lose that game or the predictors predict so let's see what the lake can do but i think it'll be a good series but i already got the lakers winning in five
0: <laughs> <laughs> i think the heat have kind of embraced this underdog role i know uh the real moment i picked them up was you know i knew they had jimmy butler and i knew they had drogics and i knew they had hero i figured they were going to be a decent team in the east when they got iguodala at the deadline i thought you know maybe this could be a move that puts them into like maybe eastern conference finals contention but i still didn't really expect them to go on and win the eastern conference finals so this is a hell of a run from them and if everything clicks if they manage to keep everybody for the next couple of years they, they could be you know perennial championship threats uh obviously we'll have to see what goes on in brooklyn too with uh kd and kyrie but uh yeah i mean this is it's a it's still an opportunity to make making it to the nba finals you know anything could happen we thought lebron was gonna win in 2011 when he was on the heat against the mavericks and the mavericks pulled off the upset there so I wouldn't discount the Heat just yet. I don't think it's going to be that big of a a trouncing, as you say. I don't think it'll be five games. I think it'll be six or seven. But uh, ultimately, I I do have to give the edge to the Lakers just because it's hard to root against LeBron and with Anthony Davis. And uh, I'm hearing a lot about playoff Rondo. So if everybody on the Lakers clicks, it's going to be real hard for the Heat to overcome that.
1: And I actually was talking to my brother, I feel like, the Heat right now are like a C plus version of the Lakers. I guess you could say that. Like Butler's kinda like a lower version of LeBron. Bam's a way lower version of the Ant. They even got their own Rondo. They got Drogic, You know? They got their own guy. <laughs> so they got the shooters as we do. So as Lakers do. So it's that it's gonna be a good matchup. I don't think it's gonna be any blowout. I think they're gonna every game's gonna be coming down to the end. It's gonna be really interesting because the best clutch team so far in these playoffs have been the Miami Heat. So it's gonna be it's gonna really be interesting who takes over when. And it's gonna be a real fought, a hard fought series, especially all the side uh storylines from LeBron, Pat Riley storyline, from you know, it really feels like LeBron's coming back full circle from his first ring and playing them again. So it's gonna be real interesting. Uh, I think it's but yeah, I think it's gonna be a good series, and I think the Lakers are gonna win at the end of the day, but I think it's gonna be hard fought, hard fought.
0: Yeah, and I like what you said about the Boston Celtics, how it seemed like they're just didn't have that piece to match up, especially with the with the big man comparison. I think losing Al Horford in the free agency really hurt them, and it also hurt Al Horford because he went to the Sixers, and we saw how that well that experiment worked out. Mm-hmm. But uh, what do you think about? Let's talk about the other team that just failed to make it. Let's talk about the Nuggets. You know, they obviously got a nice few pieces there. You know, they're all they've been in the conversation the last couple years. But do you think it's possible for them to? make this last jump to the finals in the, in the, in their current window.
1: Yeah. I kind of feel like the Celtics and Nuggets Mac are on the same kind of level as in they're taking step by step to build this thing. You know, every year they're taking one step and experience is really helping them in these key moments. So I just really think the Nuggets, they keep their team who they are. They have a lot of guys who will, who are really good on that team, especially Michael Porter can turn into an all-star superstar type player. they already have Jokic and Murray, who already solidified themselves as all-stars and superstars this playoff run. So it's going to be real interesting to see what doing the season, um, they do in the offseason because they do got to play some players and decide who they're going to keep, who they're not going to keep. But they have a y- lot of young talent on that team, and they're going to be knocking on the door for a few years to come. It's just hard to say that are they really going to get through it because, as we know, next year the Warriors will come back with Stephen Clay. You know, I would still wanna count the Blazers. They can still knock on the door if they get healthy all year like they should have been this year. I think the Rockets still got something to say. So that team's going to be good, and they're going to be in the mix. Just don't know if they're going to be able to get to that finals hump because of how many great teams there are in the West.
0: Yeah, that's kind of the same feeling I had about them this year. You know, I didn't pick them to make the Western Conference Finals. It surprised me a little bit getting there. Hmm. But, it's, it's man, that whole Western Conference is going to be a dogfight, except for, like, three teams and Sacramento is one of those three teams, and it hurts. (laughs) It hurts.
1: It hurts. It hurts. It
0: hurts. Let's move on to our final topic of the day. Let's talk about NFL. And obviously, we're three weeks into the season, so it's time for some overreactions. (laughs) So
1: uh,
0: looking at the current teams and their records and where they stand right now, who are your biggest contenders in the league right now? (laughs)
1: I, well, Green Bay stepped up to a bigger contender in my mind, really fixing the offensive line, so Aaron Rodgers doesn't get clamped every time, every time he's on the, every time he's on trying to make magic happen. So I feel like the Packers have stepped up to be a contender on that side. Who kind of stepped down in my mind really so far? Maybe because the beginning of the season they haven't really got their, they haven't got cooking yet. Really is the Saints, but then again they played some hard teams so far. Um, who also I feel like is going to do a drop-off on that side who was really good last year on the 49ers just really due to injury because especially that schedule, like I mentioned last week, is going to get hard. The contenders on the other side, on the AFC, I also see – I see the Patriots still going to be there when everyone counting them out while Tom Brady – I got my – bit you might think this is a pretender. I think a lot of people are still thinking it's a pretender. But my Steelers are going to keep proving that we're contenders. We're not pretenders, Mac. We're not pretenders. I'm telling you. Watch the Steelers game. I've been asking my cousin to watch them too. He has, keeps talking so much smack. And he's a Cowboys fan. I don't know why he's talking so much smack. They keep coming down, keep losing the game in the first half and trying to come back every game. But, like, man, my Steelers looking good. I feel defensive offensively we're looking good on both sides. And, yeah, I feel like those are a few teams to mention right now.
0: Man, I'm going to straddle the line a little bit on my own team. And, it's it, you know, there's a fine line between contender and pretender. Mm-hmm. I think these Seahawks are straddling that line. Like, mm-hmm. that offense looks all pro at times, thanks to Russell Wilson and the receiving cores we have. DK Metcalf was a great get for them. But the defense looks horrid at times. Like, we've... We we could very the Seahawks could very easily be 0-3 at at the same time that they're 3-0. It's just Russell Wilson has that ability to pull out those close games. So they're really straddling that line of being a contender or a pretender. Um I haven't quite made up my mind on your Steelers yet. So mm-hmm. I'll have to see them in a couple more games before I make my decision on them. The Tennessee Titans are a real confusing team to me, too, because you look at some of the stats and the games that they've played; they look great, but it's, I'm, it's still hard for me to buy into that. Ryan Tannehill, is he gonna have that Carson Wentz type All Pro season like he did last year, and then fall off the next year, or is he gonna be able to maintain that? I don't know. I've always had faith in Derrick Henry, though, so uh, that's a pretty big, it's a pretty big check mark for contenders, in my opinion, as far as, you know, real pretenders, I am still not sold on the Packers and I will die on this hill. I'm still Uh, not sold on the Green Bay Packers because I watched them last year. I watched them get to a 13 and three record and I watched them lay over and die in the NFC championship game. So (laughs) before I will not jump on the bandwagon and say the Green Bay Packers are one of the best teams in the NFC yet.
1: Yeah, Mac, I agree. I felt the same way last year. I went to that game when they got slaughtered by the Niners. And, my God, before the playoff game, the regular season game. And I'm telling you, there's something a little different about this team. I think they got some of the situations handled. I mean, Aaron Rodgers still making his magic, don't have any big-time first-round picks or nothing like that, but he's still doing damage. Their defense is looking good. I think they're really protecting him this year, so I, I don't know. I think you might be right. That Seahawks, I feel like they're the same thing like you said like last year. I feel like they're still there. That Russell Wilson just everything to them like literally everything he does, everything he's probably like I gotta how many close games I gotta win for you guys to keep this team above water. But man, he made he making it look real easy. Like you said, the Titans. Oh yeah, that's kind of hard one for me to pick too. I don't know. Uh just Derek Henry's really good. Like you said, I don't really trust Tannehill, but then again, he is putting up some monster stats three hundred twenty one passing yards this weekend. The Vikings have fell off the cliff. I don't even want to talk about ATL. Atlanta. What is wrong? <laughs> what is wrong? Atlanta. I don't know what's wrong. Dropped another lead. Man, that's a heartbreaker. And like you said, man, I was hoping Philadelphia would do something this year. It's looking like this Cowboys gonna make the playoffs, man.
0: Man. I, but, man, I would not I would not put any predictions down in the NFC East. They might the winner of that division might have five or six wins. <laughs> with The way they're going right now,
1: that might be true. But that the to be the thing about this year, the NFL they have the extra play, I have an extra seed. So the Cowboys gonna sneak in somehow, and lose again somehow. But that's why my note, man. Yeah, what do what you think about the Chargers.
0: Oh, the Chargers are so confusing because they don't have their starting quarterback right now. Like I know everybody fell in love with Justin Herbert after the Chiefs game. He's a rookie, and they they were meant to sit him this entire season before. Tyrod Taylor got stabbed in the lung by the team doctor. Mm. Why do they keep doing my man Tyrod dirty like that? But uh it's confusing with them. I think this is a must-perform year for them because I think Anthony Lynn's on that hot seat a little bit, especially if he because you know he's sticking to his guns. He's like, Justin Herbert is not our starter. Tyrod is our starter when he gets healthy. So he he's not getting a lot of karma in the fans' eyes. And I think they really need to step it up this year because they risk falling behind both the Broncos and the Raiders, if both of those teams keep up their performances. I know the Raiders were looking good until they lost to the Patriots this week. Uh, the Broncos have taken a step back since they lost Drew Locke. It's going to be hard to pick a team, a second place team coming out of that AFC West. I'll tell you one game that I learned absolutely nothing about. It was the Bills-Rams game because the Bills gave up a 25 point lead in the second half and still won the game. So, uh, So does that mean... Does that mean they're fraudulent or does that mean the Rams are fraudulent? I think it's a little of both. I think they're both semi fraudulent.
1: I think Bills are really good this year. I think they got some noise to make. A lot of teams are good this year and they're just really, it's just going to come down to the end. Like, are you seeing a lot of comebacks too? I think that's playing a factor with no crowd. You're more easy to come back, more or less pressure to come back. So, yeah, all these teams that we just talked about, especially the Bucks, man. Okay, that defense is looking good for Tommy. Looking real good for Tommy out there.
0: Mm, I'm still He's hesitant to far. buy into that.
1: <laughs> uh the Cowboys were not buying into that. I don't yeah, exactly. So a lot of teams are still uh you can see the identity, but you know like you said, do you really want to believe in the identity just yet? I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Only team that I really think that is real good, man. Don't I don't need to say them. KC. They're yeah. going back to back, Mac. I'm going on record right. They're going back
0: to back. They're just looking well, too good.
1: They the If same I had, my, back if I had my way, away. they would
0: not go back-to-back.
1: Back. Nah, well, obviously, I don't want my Steelers to have a chance, but I'm a real, realistic person here.
0: Casey yeah, last I night
1: showed the Ravens they cannot play from behind, and that's the same issue from last year, and Lamar is great and so fun to watch, but he's going to have to figure out a way to be slightly better in those moments when they're down because they're 0-5 when they're down, and they beat up on all the bad teams, and they beat up on all the teams when they're ahead, so – they're gonna to have to really show up when it counts and I really hope they do because I wanna see some interest I want to see that matchup. Lamar versus Patrick in the playoffs. I want that to be the next rivalry like Peyton and uh Peyton and Brady were in the AFC. So hopefully they can make that happen and hopefully Lamar can hold his side hold his side of the deal because they're 0 3 so far in that matchup the last three years. And you could tell by Harbaugh's face last night that they know they're not as good as that team yet and they keep giving that team more confidence on the way they're beating them. So they're going to have to really step up and really figure some things out because they got too much talent, not too much talent to waste out there.
0: Something that's interesting to note from this week, uh, as we learned today, three Titans players tested positive for COVID-19. So it's not, this is going to be a test, not only for Tennessee who's out of their team facilities until Saturday, which is really important when you think about practices and the fact that they're still trying to play this game on Sunday, but it's also going to be a test for the NFL. They had the biggest lead up to their season, you know, having the knowledge that they were going to have to deal with COVID-19 at some point. Now that it's here, now that you've had players that have had cases how are you going to respond to it? Is it going to be a scrappy response like we saw in baseball or are they actually going to have some kind of, secondary plan in place i doubt it but we'll see that's an interesting storyline to follow going into next week
1: yeah i think it was like we said i think it was bound to happen that someone the way obviously they're playing they're not really playing like in a bubble like the nba is or nothing special like that so i mean i think we're bound to see that happen they're gonna probably take it like it's an injury i know like like i just seen today i think sacramento is about to open up in terms of covid and open up slightly more but i do feel like there's another wave coming so let's see how the nfl responds like you said and hopefully it doesn't impact some big-time playmakers or big-time players, man, because that's going to be real sad to see if some players have to sit out. That's just going to be sad to see because it's going to impact wins and losses, especially like we've seen. A lot of these teams are real close. It's not really, it's kind of hard to, it takes a lot to win an NFL game every weekend, no matter what team you play. It can be the Lonely Dolphins. It's still going to, takes a lot to win, to win an NFL game. And if you don't got all your horses in line and ready to go to win that race, it's going to be real tough. So hopefully NFL can do the right thing and handle it the right way, and those teams can handle it the right way. But like you said, if they're not playing till Saturday, practicing in, not in the facility till Saturday, man, oh, man, that is tough pill to swallow if you're that
0: team. Yeah, I think you said it perfectly. And on that note, I think our limit's been reached for today's episode. So I want to thank all the listeners out there for joining us on StateHornet.com or wherever you get podcasts. And we thank you for sticking around. We'll be sure to see you next week on the next episode of No Limits. Peace.
1: How was that, <laughs>